When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Last Minute Blues Podcast on a Monday. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Uh, gentlemen, hey, what's going on? Hey, buddy, how we doing? Hey, hey, Happy you Monday. know, I'm doing all right. I got a thing potentially on the, on the horizon. Okay, oh. what's that? I might, and this, man, as I think about this, it could affect my Monday. But I might have an opportunity to go to Kansas City next Sunday night for the Bills and the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Oh, well, you got to do that. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence, though, man, because it's getting close to a kiddo's birthday, and then Christmas isn't that far away, and I'm not sure that I that, that I want to do it. And also, I'm more worried about my mouth in that building. I really am. I really okay, am. So that's I, where I, I, really I, I, I was going to go with this, though, is now when you go to a Bills-Chiefs game, in Kansas City, yes, in particular. Which, I, which I've been to a few before. Okay, do you go? Do you rep? Like, are you wearing the colors? You best like you believe walk it, in brother. The bills, stuff? head to toe, sir. Oh, yes, boy. yeah, absolutely. So, do you bring a table so people can just smash you through it? Or <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would. But the thing is, is that in years past, when you, dude, when 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 the competition wasn't fierce between Kansas City and Buffalo. As like top tier AFC, dude, we went and would have a blast. That tailgating in that parking lot is so much fun. I've heard it's crazy. Oh my gosh! I mean, I was walking crooked before eleven a.m. It was amazing. But since you know, since both teams are, are you know really competitive, really good, and really kind of a threat to each other, it's not as nice anymore. No, I bet this is going to change. So it's not a oh you no. It's like get your ass kicked kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah. I think that makes your decision. Donnie doesn't need to get his, his butt kicked. Well, I, on I, football I, Sunday. I've 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 learned not how the, to temper it. I'm not it, saying you wouldn't but, lose the fight. I'm not saying that. Oh, I, I would. I'd say okay. that. Yeah, you don't have to. The numbers, man. I will. Jeff, probably work against <laughs> yeah, him right. in this situation. Yeah. Unfortunately, me, me being in one fight in my entire life and losing that fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What but, what age and what started the fight? Uh, I was, uh, well, I was 12. Oh boy. Uh, I was talking, I was talking smack like to this guy. I was, you know, just giving him trouble. Wouldn't leave him alone. He was like, if you don't stop it, I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to kick your ass. And I was like, sure you will. 
He did. Okay. And, uh, and, and he came to your it. house, oh, he, too. Dude, he came to my house. Wow, he knocked That's on the door. Move. I like uh, that. Dude, dude. He knocked on the door. I like this guy. Let's oh, get him dude, on the podcast, dude. There's we ended up being we ended up being buddies in middle school and high school. My dad actually saw it happen, and he was like, he was like, "Did you deserve that?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." Wow. I told him. I told him. I I talked crap. The guy showed up, beat me up. It wasn't, you know, man. It wasn't like it was terrible. A little street or anything. justice. Hundred like, percent. I deserved every bit of it. And my dad was like, "Did you learn your lesson?" Yeah, pops. I, I I did, but you know the mouth in in competitive situations, sporting events, things like that. Uh, you know, keeps I've, her going. I, just I've a little known bit. been. I, I'm I'm a good chirper, man. What can no. I say? My last uh, kid, you. my <laughs> last fight that I got into as a child, like as a kid, it was in eighth grade. I never forget. And to this day, if I saw the guy, you know, we were longtime friends before friends now. Not that we're in, in each other's lives, but if I saw him, I would. Would you fight him again right now? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I own one. You because... walk up and he's like, "Hey, Jeff." Yeah, exactly. What's a a great move when you're in eighth grade, whatever age that I was 16, Mm -hmm. but still, um, he went right for my throat. Like, you know, when you're a kid, Mm -hmm. what is eighth grade? 13, whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. And you start swinging. I started swinging. He's smaller than me. Just went straight, two hands right to my throat. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything. I was like, "Ah," like that after that. Because he didn't go, hey, knock it off. He just went, squeeze, like that. And it was over. Oh, it was panicked a little bit. I don't. Because there are a lot of options available. (laughs) If he's willing to commit both (laughs) hands to your throat, there are a lot of options available, Jeff. Immediately, I had no, Mm. no um, air whatsoever. It's because you panicked. Oh, probably. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Best, yeah. Situ- best thing to do in a situation is be calm. But I was two for three in high school. I was two And realize you have a lot of things available. Okay. So so Doug Siebert's coming at my, my yeah. esophagus, my airway. <laughs> yeah. And it's, hey, let's just calm down for a second. You go knee right to the midsection, lower groin, right? That, that Both hands are committed. There's no blocking available, uh, Well, Jeff. I know that now. You sh- I should I should call him up and ask him for should a ask him, say, hey, <laughs> rematch. Hey, remember that move? Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. I dare you. Do it. Well, there was a Seinfeld episode based completely around like an eighth grade race, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Where Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. not to run. I choose <laughs> not to run. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, so, this is a hockey podcast. Yeah, it right? is. It is. And I guess we should probably talk about the po- hockey yeah. podcast. Man, I heard you on the radio with Curbs. Thank you, sir. Saturday night, dude. You're so good. Second, Thank you. I think the second best preseason broadcast so far this year. <laughs> pretty think? close, yeah, man. I mean, I mean, pretty close. That was communicated to me. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that I was listening to him throw stuff in and go, and I was like, damn, I I should have been like, ah, <laughs> damn, anyway. I should have said well, you could definitely that. tell the professional knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. We had a great time. It's uh, first of all the the setup in Independence, Missouri, where the uh, Kansas City Mavericks play. It is probably, in my opinion, one of the greatest minor league hockey arenas around. Oh wow! It is just it's like a five thousand seat arena. Everybody's on top of the ice. They've got little suites or luxury boxes at the top. Two massive video boards at both ends of the ice, and then they've got you know the the ribbon thing that goes around. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's a great setup. Uh, the crowd was into it. The game was you know it moves. It doesn't move any faster, but because there's it's, you're closer to the ice and all that, everything feels like it's moving faster. The one funny thing is, Curbs and I we get there, and look, Curbs has been in every rink in the NHL. I've been to almost everyone. A couple of the new ones I haven't been to yet, obviously because they've been built in the last seven eight years. So we go there, and they, hey, welcome to, you know, Kansas City, blah, blah, blah. Curb's like, okay, hey, we'd like to get up to the radio booth. Just check it out, get settled, and kind of go from there. Okay, um, about that. We'll have one of our guys take you there because it's a little bit of a, you know, you'll see. I'm like, okay, fine. Okay. Well, as we're going up the stairs, 
we go up one set of stairs, the next set of stairs. We have to walk down the concourse into another set of stairs, and we go to this room. There's a steel door. Open the steel door. It's like the mechanical room, the electrical room. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? There's like a couple of pieces of rubber over to this door that's elevated about two and a half to three feet off the ground. Okay. It sounds like Willy Wonka's house, man. Dude, listen to me. (laughs) Out the door we go. The guy leads us out there onto the roof. We have to walk on the roof outside, and there's rubber mats that are set up outside, and you're supposed to walk on the rubber mats, right? Because the the roof, you're like, okay, it's concrete. looks a little slippery. It was kind of wet that day. No big deal. Well, as we're walking on these rubber mats, they start to give. Oh, God. Curbs is like, "Uh, these things are supposed to give, right? They're, they're going to handle our weight, right? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I don't. nobody's falling through. We're going to be fine. We have to walk on these rubber mats all the way around to the other side the other side of the building, outside, on the roof. And then there's another door that you open that's elevated three feet you know, above the ground. You have to step up and over it into the radio box that's isolated by itself. It is connected to nothing. It was, I don't know if it was an afterthought in right. this wonderful building. I'm not sure. Once we were in the actual radio booth, it was great. We were fine. We were set up. We had everything, uh, you know, ready to go and the mics and the boards and everything. But then, like, you couldn't, like, leave during the game to go tinkle or was, anything. My or first grab thought a was, coffee. is there a bathroom? Nothing. No, nothing. No, you were literally isolated to this this perch. And then when we leave the game, you can step up along the roof again. It, it was a riot. I mean, but this is a winter sport, right? Well, right. that's Curb said. <laughs> this that, is as warm as it's going to be up there. Curb said that he was like, "Well, what do you do when it's uh, middle of winter?" And he's like, "Well, you walk through the snow, and maybe you know, a guy shovels off the the rubber mats, but the rubber mats are like sinking." And he's like, "It was look, it's a minor league wow. rink. How uh, old is the building? I don't know how old it is." But again, let me let me reiterate. It's one of the nicest buildings I've ever been inside that, you know, you have minor league hockey in. Yeah. This portion felt like it was forgotten. Um they did their best to wow. make up for it. But again, it's a story that Curbs and I will have now forever. Sure, like yeah. remember the time in Kansas City where we had to walk on the roof? Right. Yeah, it was pretty just, fun. Just adds to all of the hockey stories. I don't Holy know God. that I make it to the other side of the roof, man. That might be like Curbs, I'm sorry. I tried, man. Have a great day. No, I saw the excitement of when we first were asked to do it. You would have done it for yeah, sure. Yeah, probably. You I would have probably sure slid across my belly when it comes right down to it. But still. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you actually about uh, uh, the goalie from Vegas. Is it Robin Lanner? Is that how you Robin say it? Robin Lanner, name? yeah. And I'm assuming you guys saw what's going on on Twitter with the guy. I did. And, and, yeah. I, and I'm not asking you to defend what he's saying or not defend because that's your personal stuff. But what is the league's reaction to this going to be? Because <laughs> panic. My first thought was you're calling out the very hand that is feeding you. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, right? So here, here's what it is. And let me look at it. Or let me well, explain what, what exactly what's going on for everybody. Well, I, I haven't caught all of his comments, but he basically said that he's been unhappy with the way the league has handled certain issues throughout his career with him. And now he sees Jack Eichel kind of being painted into a corner to where the team is like, you don't need a surgery. The doctors are saying you are. They're saying use our doctors. He's like, I don't want to use your doctors because they screwed this up, did that. It's a lot of finger pointing right now. Did you specifically see the story about the guy who passed away? It was a player that passed away, and then somebody said, well, this is how many concussions he had, and they just kept giving him medicine, and they didn't really treat him. And I think that's really the thing that really— Well, there's a lot of those guys. Okay. okay that, that that's happened to 
Um, there's guys that have passed away. There's guys that have taken their own lives. There's been things that happen. Um, but I think what's going to happen now is the, the league is going to come under fire a little bit here because just like anything, when you have, I don't know, let's say 100,000 injuries and you mess up 100 of them, your percentages are still good, right? Like, hey, we got a really good batting average right now. The problem is, is you still messed up some of them. And I think that that's what's happening here is Robin Lehner's exposing situations that he knows of and his own personal situation, too, to where he got brought back too soon on a bad ankle. They tried to force him back in the lineup, um, and then they gave him a bunch of painkillers and sleepers and all this stuff. Whether they offered it to him or whether he asked for them and then they granted that, I don't know. This is where I get a little nervous because – it's not my story to tell, and I can tell you this, that every team I played on, the medical care I received was fantastic. And, you know, to keep it here at home, Ray Barilli is one of the best ever. One of the best ever. Uh, there's been lots of injuries, and Ray takes it personal, which I've always thought I wanted to hug him every time somebody gets hurt. It's not your fault, Ray. The guy just got hit in the face with a puck. It's, you could have done nothing about that. But Ray always does a great job of following up, making sure the treatments are right, making sure the player's comfortable, and if there's pain, you know, identifying what the level is and what the treatment should be. And if there are painkillers involved, because newsflash, everyone, you're going to need them if you play a full-contact sport professionally. It's going to happen. It just is. I mean, you can't get through life without it. Some guys can. Some guys can't. Um, but Ray would make sure, and then to be the doctors that are on board. It's. It wasn't like there were some teams that had – jars of pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. help and you just walk up and grab whatever you need this was not one of them right ray brilli has never been like that the blues have never been like that the teams i played on were not like that the red wings were very buttoned up every team go through the list of the teams i played for i received excellent care everywhere i went now robin laner's talking about an organization right now that is kind of a dumpster fire the buffalo sabers are trying their best right now to change the culture there to Switch things around, but it's a process. And Jack Eichel right now going through what's what he's going through with the club itself, it doesn't paint a great picture, specifically when you have past players saying, oh, my God, pull up a chair because I've got a story to tell you. And so I think the NHL, to kind of put a bow on this, the NHL has requested uh, an interview with Robin Lehner to go through all of the things that he has or what he claims is his Stories. He says he's got a hundred different stories and he wants to tell one every day or one every week or whatever he said. I think the NHL would like to get ahead of it and not necessarily block him from telling these stories, but maybe work with him to yeah, identify tell the stories together. Or yeah. how can we fix it? Yeah. How can we get better? What teams were this? Are those people still involved? Are they not? Are they still employed by the NHL, by the club? But like you kind of have to sift through it because the NHL, as much as people want to be like, Ah, oh, the NHL, oh, terrible. It'd be like saying that Jeff Bezos is in charge of the guy who does your fulfillment over at the Amazon warehouse right. over there. Yeah, he, There's no way he understands or even knows who that person is, right? So the NHL, it's, I know it's a broader scale that I'm, I'm using as a, uh, a comparable here, but the NHL doesn't necessarily know every trainer, every assistant trainer, every medical guy. They don't know every doctor. So it's very difficult. So, Jamie, what do you think about about Lehner doing this just in general, mm-hmm. about about not going 
maybe directly to the NHL behind the scenes or something. What do you think about him going, taking it to a social media platform like this? I don't necessarily agree with it, okay, because that's just not my style. Right. I would be a guy be like, you know what, I'm pretty ticked off right now. I want to talk to somebody at the NHL or I call the NHLPA and say, I need a meeting with Bill Daly or whatever because I've got some things I want to get off my chest. And otherwise, I am going to go to the media or to the press or to social media, whatever it is. Uh, maybe he did do that. And maybe they got they gave him the, eh, well, we'll talk to you later. Or, oh, we're busy. Or, oh, we don't really see a need for this. And he said, you know what? Well, screw it. I'm going to use a platform that I'm totally allowed to use. And if he's telling true stories, then you really can't fall under fire for it. If they're accurate, fact-based stories, what do you do, right? Right. If he's telling a little bit of a white lie or things aren't uh, the way they are, then that's when you have to be very careful because now you can have the reverse effect to where now you are the liar and the troublemaker, and that's where your career just goes gone. Robin Lehner's been an excellent goalie here for a long time. He had a speed bump in his career, a big one. Where was it? Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So – if that's the case, then what went wrong in Buffalo? If I'm connecting the dots as the NHL or anybody else, I go, okay, everything tells me that something went wrong here. Whether it was the individual, the club, the situation, whatever, we need to get to the bottom of it. What happened? What do you think happens with Jack Eichel? Because to me, this situation, man, it it is it's like nasty. stalemate. Yeah. I mean, there's there, there, what happens next, man? Like. It just seems like a disaster. And more than anything else, man, I want to see what this kid is capable of doing yeah. as a player. Yeah, he's been in an awful situation in Buffalo since he came into the league as far as the the culture and the, the direction that the team's been going in. He's an injured player right now. Uh, the team doesn't think he's as injured as his experts are claiming. So you have a guy that's in a holding pattern. So unlike Vladimir Tarasenko here locally, where Vladdy's able to get out and show everybody that he's ready to go, which he's played very well mm. lately. He's played very well. And that Thomas Tarasenko that we talked about a long time ago, the pair of them, they're back at it again. They're going to play again tomorrow night together, and it seems to be kind of working. But that's a whole other story because you're like, oh, well, Vladdy had this requ- request for a trade, and he had these problems with the team doctors. Well, guess what? looks like it's behind them right now. Does it mean he'll be a St. Louis Blue for the rest of the season? No. But what it means is he's on the ice every day competing, and he has the ability to change the narrative. Jack Eichel can't change anything right now. The Buffalo Sabres can't change anything right now. Why? Because the player can't actually get on the ice. So before they they go any further, they have to figure out medically what is the right solution here. Because if it is, take the time and get the surgery. Now you have a timeline. Six, eight, ten weeks, twelve weeks, whatever it is. You have a timeline, but then the player can come back and actually do what he's supposed to do is play hockey. If it's not surgery, then the player can get back on the ice sooner. Maybe it's two or three or four weeks from now. But it's everything to me seems like it's leaning towards there. He's going to have to get a surgery. Yeah, I mean, but is this just going to be a matter of who blinks first? Donnie, I have no idea. I have not seen a situation like this with a high profile player. I've seen some of these with minor league players with stuff when they they get it sorted out. It's not a big. It's it's not a guy who's making ten million dollars a year. That's for sure. Um, so I don't know how they're going to do this. This is, to me is like. Uncharted territory for both the NHL and the club. As far as the NHLPA is concerned, I think it's brand new as well. And it's a mess. So who becomes the ultimate expert? Right? Because he's got his experts. The player does. And then the team has theirs. The team has their experts. So who is the judge and the jury on this one as to, oh, yeah, they're right, they're wrong. You can't. So I don't know if it goes to legal. 
litigation to where they actually go to some kind of a medical arbitrator. arbitrator. Yeah, Yeah, I have no idea. Too, I have no idea. So, I don't have a solution for you. I wish I did. I wish I had some kind of an awesome answer. I don't. I think it's a mess. I think Buffalo has been a mess. I do like that they're trying to change everything there. But in the meantime, this is I don't see an end to this. It's so crazy to see how the Pagulas have handled the Bills and have handled the Sabres. <laughs> it is it is it is a it is a tale of two different teams, like com- absolutely completely. Uh, I, I knew we t- uh, talked earlier how you did the uh, game Saturday night, and and I'm sure you probably you know went over game tape from when Donnie and I did the game. <laughs> So what are things now that we're a handful of games into the into the preseason? Can you give us a name or two that surprise you in a good way so far and surprise you in a bad way so far? Um, I don't know if the bad way. I think it's still early to say someone who didn't really you know respond because they have a number of games left. So I, I don't know, and not okay. not one individual has really played every single game. Um, so I'm going to kind of stay away from that for now. Maybe on Thursday when we do this again, I'll have a better idea, or certainly next week. But I do know that there's some there's a couple individuals who have got to be on alert. And those two individuals, in my opinion, are Kyle Clifford and Mackenzie McEachern. These guys need to be on alert because there's some younger players right now that are making some noise. And those players are Jake Neighbors. He's playing fantastic. He's uh, on a line today with O'Reilly and Perron. Looks like that will be a line for tomorrow night's game. That, I think that means you're doing okay. Yeah, you're doing all right. Yeah. means they want to see what the kid can do with real hockey players. Yeah. Let's see what he does with two of our smartest players on the team. So, that Dakota Joshua. This kid, I'm telling you, he's going to be on the fourth line with Logan Brown and Clem Costin, your guy, Clem Shady himself. They're going to see what these guys can do. Clem Costin showed a couple of really awesome flashes the other night. Got hurt towards the end of the first period. He got hit after the play, and it was just kind of wonky, and he didn't go back. And he looks like he's fine. He was back skating today. Everything's good. But he did show flashes of what he could possibly do with some time with the big club. But Dakota Joshua, man, he's out there in regular shift. He's killing penalties. He's out there in four-on-four. He's out there for big face-off situations. He's fast. He's way faster than I thought he was, and he's physical. He's not afraid to mix it up. Every time there's a problem physically, he's like in there, sticks his nose in. I like what he's doing. And James Neal. So I didn't really think much of this. I was like, yeah, James Neal, you know. I, I, I like Fro League too because he adds something too of the penalty kill, the regular shift. He gives you some specialty minutes. James Neal could do that too with a power play. Um, ability for him, but he showed a side of me to me the other night that I didn't think we'd have again from an older guy. In the third period, he ran around and hit everything. I mean, he was an angry individual. It's like he'd had enough. There was a couple of players in the Blackhawks had taken some liberties throughout the game, and James Neal went out there and I don't even I don't even think he knew there was a puck on the ice, <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it because I'm looking at it going, okay, this is a veteran guy. He has nothing to prove, like, as far as if he wants to just rest on his resume and just be like, look, I'm on the team or not. You know, what do you need here? But he didn't. He went out and recognized that the team was kind of getting pushed around a little bit. Blackhawks were taking some liberties. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go out there and buzz the tower on a few of these guys. And he did. And I know Craig Berube liked it as well. So it's going to be interesting to me to see where these guys fit in. And that's why, going back to my uh, initial statement, that's why guys like McKenzie McKecker and Kyle Clifford are – should be on alert because you guys need to bring what those other guys are bringing if you want to keep your job. When we, when the Blues first signed uh, Froelich and Neil James Neal to PTOs, 
You said one of the reasons why they would be into doing this is because they're really showcasing themselves for the entire league, not just the Blues. Mm-hmm. Can some is there a legality here, or can somebody just come in and go, "Hey, you guys don't want James Neal. We'll, we're going to sign him." They don't have to say a word. So this happened a number of years ago, a handful of years ago, with Scotty Upshaw. Scotty Upshaw signed a PTO with the Edmonton Oilers, and was playing well in Edmonton. Played a couple of preseason games. Looked like he, you know, he had been back in shape and ready to go. And the Blues just called his agent and said, here's a contract. Okay, so you don't have to wait until after no. training camp, or you don't Mm-mm. have to wait for the team to go, we don't need you, thank you very much. No. If the agent wants to, he can notify the team that has signed him to the PTO and say, hey, by the way, we just received an offer for uh, X player X, player Y, sure. player Z. Would you like to offer us a f- contract right now? If not, we're gone. Oh, but they don't even have to do they that. They don't That's, have to. Wow. No. Wow, interesting. Talk to me, man, why Kyle Clifford – makes this team at all. Uh, and, and and I don't mean to be so harsh, man, but, like, when you see what Dakota Joshua is able to do, I, I, I just – and we talk about last year, man, where there were times where there was somebody that needed to step up and be the guy, and he was not the guy when it came to physicality. I mean, I feel like we've got guys that can do this gig for less money. And you were a bit disappointed in him last year. I remember you, that for you sure. You weren't the only one, but you were expressing it. And then, really, this is the first time we've talked about him. During training camp and spring training. Feels our very fringe to me. Our preseason games. I'm very, very surprised it took this long for you to say that. Yeah. Um, I think the reason you look to keep him around are some of the obvious things. One, he's got a couple of Stanley Cup rings. Right. Uh, two, he's a veteran guy that can stabilize your roster. He's not going to hurt you in the lineup. You can scratch him. It's not going to pout or whine or do anything like he's that. He's a pro. He's a pro. And if you're looking at a Dakota Joshua, maybe you're like, you know what? Last year was kind of a write-off year. The American Hockey League was dysfunctional. Some teams played. Some teams didn't. They didn't play a full schedule. You look at it and go, what if I sent Dakota Joshua down and he played a second-line center position? Got some power play time, killed every penalty, played you know 18 minutes a game, showed us in the first month or two that he's ready to roll. And it gives us a little runway now for the veteran guys who are on one-way contracts because you're married to that money. Doesn't mean he has to be on your roster, right? But you're, but paying. you're paying him a million bucks, and you're paying Mackenzie McEachern nine hundred fifty thousand, no matter what. At the end of the day, so that would be the only way I think that you keep him is you need to see more from some of your younger players as far as because there was no minor league season per se last year. That, makes that would be it, but it would be a very small time that you're buying. For that veteran player to crawl out of what he's done to himself here and show something. Man, oh man. I'm ready for some hockey. Yeah, just real quickly, I want to go over this uh, stat just real fast that I saw on The Athletic. Did you guys see their their preseason or their season preview? Yet, no, I haven't looked with the percentages for which. How are you guys feeling about the Blues right now? You feeling pretty good about them? I feel good. I don't feel great. I feel real. I feel very. I feel great about the forward group. Feel great about the forward group. I feel good about the D, and I feel very good about the goal. Well, maybe you guys can dive into this later and see maybe why they came up with these numbers, and maybe you'll be less upset. Uh, percentage of the Blues to make the playoffs this year, 56%. Oh, get out of my face. That doesn't bother me. That means nothing to me. Well, They're, yeah, because you're a grown-up, and you don't get mad about stuff like right. this. That's no, I just job. look at it, and it's like— 
these things make me kind of giggle, to be honest. Because, okay, well, I got two more then, but go ahead. Sorry. No, they just, they're based on nothing right now. They're based on a piece of paper. Well, it's right. true. Where they do all these number crunches, they put it into a thing, and it, it gets, spits out a number of the percentage. And I understand that it's an educated or, or, or programmed decision that it makes, but, you know, you look at the Cardinals alone, and Fangraphs had them at 2% to make the playoffs not too long ago, and right. look, look where they are now. They made the wild card game. Sure. They got them uh, final four, 8% to get to the final four, and 1% to win the cup. Okay. I don't disagree with the bottom two. I think that, yeah, the Blues are going, with the current roster, the way it is, without another top four defenseman, a number one or a number two D in that slot they could play with Pareko or be in that top pairing, I do think that those numbers, the last two, are probably pretty accurate. I disagree with the 58% or what was it, 56? 56, yeah. I think they're probably more like a 65% chance of making the playoffs. I think they're a lot deeper, a lot better up front. The goaltending is going to be solid. And the D aren't the D aren't bad. They're very good. They're just missing that one piece, in my opinion. Now, is that player here currently? Maybe he is. Well, he signed with the Islanders a few days ago. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> but maybe he's here. Maybe Jake Wallman takes steps that we're like, wow. Maybe Scott Perunovich is the guy that we're like, okay, yeah, we get it. Yep. Maybe Marco Scandella says, you know what? I didn't have a great year last year. I really played well when they first brought me in. I'm going to get back to that guy. Maybe they fill up that gap with players they currently have, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're a lot better than we think. And, and Mikola, maybe Mikola can make a bit of a jump too. Yeah, I, look, I think Nico Mikola is a third pair D for his career. Okay, I do. Okay. Uh, doesn't mean he can't play up. It doesn't mean he can't get better. I just I watch his skill set as it sits. Big man, willing to engage. Very good stick. Very good on the penalty kill. He doesn't have enough offensive upside or get up and go for me or puck skills necessarily to say, oh, I project him to be a top four defenseman to where one day he could play on a power play. No, that's never going to happen, in my opinion. So, But I do see him being a very solid five defenseman on a team. And if he gets so good, like, look, Zidane Chara was also never supposed to be a top four defenseman, ever. He continued to work at his craft. He did a bunch of skill work, and he worked out, and he did all these things. And then six years into his career, five, six years, now he got an opportunity to play a little bit more. I'm not saying Mikola Zidane Ochara. Right. Zidane Ochara is a unique, one-off type hockey player. But if Nico Mikola can kind of creep into the top four for even just a little bit of spot duty, plays well, gets some confidence, you never know. Boy, I learned something every time we do this podcast. Same here, man. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. We are getting close to Blues hockey games that officially count and matter. We'll be back on Thursday for another episode of the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie, Jeff, and Donnie, thank you very much for listening. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music, and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.